All right. So uh, we'll be just going to Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27. And in uh, our society, you know, today is so consumed with trying to stay young. You know, every time you turn around, there's some new diet. There's some new surgery, there's some new pill, there's some new supplement, there's uh, something new that is going to uh, keep you young. It's going to keep you from, from dying. It's going to extend that out. And uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy, but the, de- but the desire to look and feel younger reveals that people want to put off dying as long as they can. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you would bless it. Pray that you would fill me with your spirit and control me. Open the ears, bind Satan uh, now, and um, I pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, in Hebrews 9.27 it says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. You know, uh, death is certain every second. 1.7 1.7 people die. You know, every minute, 107 people die. Every uh, hour, 6,390 people die. Every day, approximately 153,000 people that die. You know, the hard truth is that uh, one day, that's going to be me, and, and one day, that's going to be you who dies. Um, so notice in the, in the verse... It says, it is appointed. This means that your date with death is set. It is appointed. Hey, you uh, may miss your doctor's appointment. You may miss the appointment with the dentist. You may miss the appointment with the chiropractor. You may be able to get to reschedule that. But guess what? You will not miss your appointment with death. It is already appointed. And uh, folks... Satan is very good at blinding our mind so that we don't think about death. We don't think about what is going to happen after we die. So how does Satan deceive us? Well, it says uh, right here, the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world, referring to Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest or that not the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. This verse tells us that one of Satan's tactics is to blind people from the truth about eternity. Well, how does he do this? Well, just think about maybe uh, uh, Satan gets you to focus on a sport, to focus on a girlfriend, to focus on a boyfriend, to focus on uh, video games or television shows or keeping up with all these other things uh, that he gets you to focus all um, on. And uh, guess what? Not all of that is bad. However, it is distracting many of you from the reality of eternity, from the reality that death is coming So I'm afraid that we can be so busy trying to get ahead that we don't think about what is ahead. Are you ready to die? 
some of you are listening now, and before you get home, you will distract yourself with putting on a movie. You will distract yourself with putting on a game. You will distract yourself with something that will cause you not to think about death and what will happen after. And you, uh, you know, so this verse tells us that death is undoubtedly coming. But also, death is not the conclusion. It is not the end. Notice the three words of this verse. And as it is appointed unto man once to die. Now catch these three words after. But after this. Death is not the end. Death is not the conclusion. It is important to understand that these three words. uh, Or it is important to understand that there are three types of death in the Bible. And we'll go over them. So the first is a spiritual death. Now some people may think that uh, their death as annihilation or extinction. Um, But the word death in the Bible means separation. Do that with me. Separation. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, so that death means separation. And do, and do you know that when you were born and that when I was born, that we were born separated from God? We were all born sinners and therefore separated from the life of God. Ephesians 4.18 tells us having the understanding darkened, being alienated or separated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You know, this is why you need Jesus. Why? Because in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Did you catch that? Jesus is the life. And, uh, you know, and when you receive him as your Savior, we are no longer spiritually dead. You have his eternal life. Now, the next, we had talked about spiritual death. The next is physical death. When a person dies, his soul separates from his body. So that's a physical death. Now, we, we got eternal death. You know, death is the gateway to eternity. Though your body goes into the grave, your soul will spend eternity in, in one of two places, either heaven or hell. Hell is described in Revelation 20.14 as... Um, the second, or in 2014, as the second death, an eternal separation from God. Um, and it is in the lake of fire. It says, Revelation 2014 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You know, some people may ignorantly say, Hey, I'm not afraid to die. Not me. I'm not scared of death. That doesn't, that doesn't scare me. But guess what? If you die without Christ... That should cause fear. That should scare you. And uh, though death is a reality, there is good news. Jesus took your place, he took my place, and died the death on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. He paid it. In Hebrews 9.28, it says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. When, when Jesus died on the cross, the penalty that you and I should have paid for our sins forever in hell, he paid. Uh, he then rose from the dead three days later in victory over death. And all he asks uh, you to do is to repent or change the way you think about your sin and ask him to save you. To stop trusting in other things to remove your sin and to ask 
Jesus to save you, and he will. <laughs> it's awesome. It says in Hebrews seven twenty five, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto him by God. Okay, so now that we got that, we got the gospel to the sinners and we got the gospel to the saints. What does this mean as a believer, right? Okay, so the reality of death for an unbeliever is a fearful reality. But the reality of death for a believer is a freeing reality. It's freeing. So remember the word death means separation. The moment a person believes on Jesus Christ, you know what happens? He dies. The moment I accepted Christ, the moment I asked Jesus to save me, I died. You say, uh, you know, you're still standing there. And, uh, well, it's not a physical death. Um, it's uh, not, not physically, of course. Rather, someone who accepts Jesus as a Savior has been, remember, separated from something. When I, when I accepted Christ, I died. That means I was separated from something, as were you, uh, separated from something. So listen to Romans 6, 1 and 2. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? This death or separation that happened when you got saved has freed you. Let's look at two aspects of this freedom. In Christ, I am free from sin. That is, a, that is amazing. Before a person receives Christ as his Savior, the Bible says he is dead in sins. Before someone is saved, they are dead in sins. Uh, separated from God to sin. Now, uh, and you... So, but once he gets saved, the Bible says he is dead to sin in Romans 6, 2. So how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? This simply means that sin was your master and authority when, uh, before you were Christian. But now that you are saved, sin no longer is your master. Amen. <laughs> When you receive Jesus Christ your Savior, you are freed from the authority of sin. You know, uh, Romans 6, 7 says, For he that is, that is dead in Christ is, is free from sin. You know, but you say, um, but Antonio, you don't understand. I don't feel dead to sin. I, I still have temptation. Temptation will always be there until we get to heaven. Although we are still, um, we'll still, it will still be there until we get to heaven. But let's listen to Romans 6, 11. It says, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, this word reckon uh, means to consider. So to consider yourself dead to sin. So, so, that, so we are to consider ourselves dead to sin. Uh, it, it is like this. Uh, so has anybody ever been to an open casket funeral? Okay, well, if you have not been there, maybe you know what it is and you watch it on TV. And so I have been to an open casket funeral, the only funeral that I've been to. And when I went there, sure enough, he was in the casket, and uh, I walked by there, and I looked, and I, I said, I'll stand right back here. 
And um, now imagine if, if, I, uh, if I went to that and uh, I said, hey, hey, man, uh, do you want to smoke this? Or, uh, hey, man, do you want to uh, drink this? To the guy in the casket, or hey, get mad at this, get mad at me, or or you know something like that. I, I I'm tempting him to sin. Well, how is that person in the casket go, going to respond to any of that? No way. And that how that is how us as Christians are to consider or reckon ourselves dead unto sin. I don't I I, I don't do that anymore. And. Uh, when sin tempts us to give in to its demands, we must remind ourselves that in Christ we are free from sin. Sin no longer uh, is, the mas- is the master of Christians. The next time sin demands you to get revenge, uh, just, just um, be re- remember that you are free to forgive. The next time uh, sin demands you to tell a lie, remember that you are free to tell the truth. The next time sin demands you to give in to your lust, remember that now you have the strength to say no to that sin. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Just that first right there, flee fornication. In Romans 6.12 and 14, it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. So not only are you as a believer free from sin, But in Christ, you are free to serve. It says in Romans 6.18, Being then made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. There is nothing more exciting and enjoyable than serving Jesus Christ. I had a great time going church to church, meeting different Christians, and, and, and just serving Jesus, serving God. And when we all realize that, when we realize all that Jesus has done for us and has given us in salvation, we are compelled to serve Him. In 2 Corinthians 5 14, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth or compels us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So when you serve sin, the consequences are death, guilt, uh, regrets. So what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But when you serve Christ, the, the consequences, so we got the consequences of serving sin, and now we're going to get into the consequences of serving Christ. And uh, that is uh, spiritual life, 
joy, holiness, uh, Romans 6.22, but now being made free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So if, if you have, uh, have not yet um, surrendered your life to Christ, would you be willing to do so? Uh, to surrender your life completely to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that you will serve someone. In Romans 6.16, it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. What sin do you need to give up tonight? What is God pointing at in your life that's saying, you need to get rid of that? I'm not going to name off any sins, but uh, God is the one who, who will show these to you. And what attitude needs to change so that God may get the glory in your life? You know, there was a young man by the name of C.T. Studd. He walked away from fame and fortune to serve God. Not only did he grow up in a wealthy family, but he was a famous athlete. He was the most popular cricket player in all of England in his day. But God arrested his attention. Uh, He was a Christian, but he was busy about his life and not the kingdom of God. Hey, God, I want to do my my things and and I'll get to your stuff a, a little bit later. You know, uh, C.T. Studd decided to walk away from it all. He gave up a life of luxury and fame to serve the Lord. He became a missionary to China, India, and Africa. He led thousands to Christ. At the end of his life, he was, he was asked. So here's this man who did this. And at the end of his life, he was asked, was it worth it giving up so much to serve Jesus Christ. Here he is. He has everything he can want. He's an athlete, and uh, he, he has the money. He has the fame. He comes from a, a, a good home, and they said, was it worth it giving up everything to serve Jesus? Without hesitation, C.T. Studd replied, and he said, it was worth every minute. Jesus is better than all I forsook. Hey, every, everything that he left... Jesus is better than that. It, it, he is worth it to serve him. So now if I can have everybody bow their heads with heads bowed and, and 